I would like to say that I'm going to share these, but the truth is I will not. <laughs> not even with my family. Uh, no, I will. But once the box opens, fortunately, Girl Scout cookies come in convenient single-serving packages. Oh. Well, and that reminds me, we do have a potluck, if you don't know, if anyone wants to join us, uh, or if you want to run up there right now, putting up your pots. <laughs> uh, we, we don't encourage sin, but when it comes to the potluck, we flirt with it. Right? We're right on the edge of gluttony, so, um, which is kind of funny that what we're talking about today. <laughs> but hey, um, I'm, I'm, just, I'm in a good mood. I have Girl Scout cookies. Life is good, right? Um, you know, we're hitting sort of, uh, going through the book of Hebrews is interesting because there's, you know, some good stuff in there, and I haven't made the joke in a while, so, you know, the Bible tells us men should make the coffee. Hebrews, so good. Uh, hopefully you remember my bad jokes, and hopefully you also remember some of what we've been, been looking at, but, uh, you know, it's never, we kind of hit another tough section. We've been hitting like a, a couple of tough weeks here, right? Uh, <laughs> some, some tougher passages, and 2 Timothy 3.16, which is where we're going to start, and 17, which is where we're going to start for Hebrews. <laughs> you know, all scripture is God-breathed, I'm reading the NIV, and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so, all scripture. Now, if I was stuck on a desert island, would I prefer the book of Luke over the Leviticus? Probably. <laughs> but, but, but there's some good stuff in here. It just, uh, and so, uh, you know, Today might be a little more stern than, than some of the other messages we preach. So, okay, now think for a minute. Uh, think of, this is a weird question to ask, think of the most, like, heinous sin you can think that someone could commit. Now, don't say it out loud, because I don't want to hear it. Um, think of, like, a, a sin you think, that's pretty dark, man, right? All right, you got one? Now, at three, we're all going to shout it out. No, I'm kidding, we're not. Uh, <laughs> It's, I, I don't want to know what your thing is, but it's probably not something that you struggle with, right? Because we tend to do, you know, a couple of things. One, if, you know, we tend to see the sin in others much easier than ourselves, and that's a whole other sermon, but um, <laughs> we struggle with sin, but if we're truthful, we get honest with the ones that we hold on to, or we get comfortable with them, right? And so we think of deep, dark sins, we think of other people's sins, we think of that sin, but we don't really think of the stuff that kind of we really do flirt with, right? Sins that we, things we know are wrong, but we, we kind of hold on to them. Uh, there's an old saying, uh, and an old pastor friend of mine is here today, and uh, it's, uh, not old, but old, you know, uh, been friends with him a long time. Uh, <laughs> you got to be careful how you say that, you know, uh, I don't mind it. I, I'm old. I, it was, we were at a wrestling tournament yesterday. It was kind of cool because wrestling's a fun sport because it's sort of a community, and a lot of the guys are still involved in stuff. Guys I went to high school with and I was on teams with, they're coaching, and, you know, I don't know, it's fun. And it was like we were kind of laughing because we're like, we're like the OG wrestlers now. We're like the old guys. I mean, and they're call, the refs are calling slams. I'm like, in my day, we were allowed to be destroyed and have a leg broken, and we'd still wrestle, and it wouldn't be a penalty. Um, anyway... <laughs> Uh, there's an old saying, though, pastors are, here, pastors are here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. <laughs> so buckle up. <laughs> uh, 
this, this is the book of Hebrews, not Jeff. Uh, dear friends, if we deliberately, we're starting in chapter 10, verse 26. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. If we continue sinning, uh, you know, our, our sin <laughs> can be accidental or intended, right? Like, we had a little few snowstorms, you know, Pennsylvania, you guys are used to snow. We're not so used to, Georgia, you're not, you know, used to it at all. But like, you know, you get on the road, and the funny thing is you're driving in a snowstorm, it's like you're driving along, and suddenly the road is not where you thought it was. And sometimes you end up in a ditch and stuff, and if I had a big old truck, I'd just drive around pulling people out of ditches, it'd just be fun. I would do that with, you know, like a little tiny car, I don't know, clown car, but you know, you end up, that, that's accidental. Now, there's things we do that are intentional that cause this direct too. Like me on a mountain bike, there's always an accident. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone over the handlebars and probably because every time I go over, I hit my head. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I know when I'm, when I'm doing something stupid, I, usually I know it, right? Like and I've told you all kinds of stupid things I do. So there's unintentional things. We just kind of like fall into it when we're trying to stay on the straight path. There's other times when I'm going mountain biking, I'm not even on a path anymore, you know, and you're just like, you know, you're kind of, you're flirting with it, you know, and you're going to get hurt. And so there's unintentional sin that sometimes we fall into, but there's also times where we kind of know what we're doing. Um, but, you know, I, the warning here is, you know, <laughs> you know, be careful, because sometimes we sin intentionally because we want to, we choose to. Now, this is where we get meddling a little bit, but you know, something like the Sermon on the Mount, we, we read that all the time, we talk about Jesus says, you know, hey, do this, do that. There's a lot of things in there. You know, and, and, you know, people say, you know, where to read the Bible, where it's compact, you know, what, what kind of sums things up. Man, read through the Sermon on the Mount. There's some ways about how to live, and, and we, we did a series on this, that, that are a tough and a challenge for a lot of us, right? Because sometimes we choose other things. So you go through the Sermon on the Mount, it says forgive, and you have to forgive. It's hard sometimes, right? You know, or, or you know, sometimes, you know, it says, you know, Jesus, Jesus talks about lust a lot. Don't lust. But we choose to go places on the internet we shouldn't. We slide into DMs we shouldn't. <laughs> uh, we'll just leave it there. Uh, again, <laughs> again, you know, uh, First John, we talked about this a little bit. He's not talking about sinning unintentionally. First John 1 John 1.8 uh, says, you know, if we claim we, there's no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Claim we have no sin. When, you know, we all are a little messed up, right? You know, we often say, you know, we're all a little, and if you don't think you're a little jacked up, you're, there you go. <laughs> you couldn't do Ephesians 2.10 a few weeks ago, <laughs> but you got Jeff 3.16. That's good. Um, you know, we're, little, we're all named Aaron. We're done, we've done messed up. But <laughs> some, of you, some of you get that, some of you don't. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we do, we, we sin. Uh, but, you know, it's just we confess our sins, forgive, cleanse. You know, we, we admit that we're sin, we believe in him, we commit our lives to follow him, there's a new life. Jesus calls us to this different life, and, and there's this continual cleansing because we do mess up. Now, you might be, you know, surprised to hear this, maybe not. I took a shower yesterday. Took another one this morning. And you're glad, right? Because we need continual cleansing because we do get a little, little dirty, a little gamey. Actually, yesterday, man, I was at a wrestling tournament. Um, 
that's coming to close for this chapter of my life for a while, but it's like, you know, you, you sit in a wrestling tournament, and it was like the wrestling was turned up yesterday, and so was the heater. I, it was like, I must have been 100 degrees in there. I was sweating through my jeans. So I had to take another one when I got home, right? <laughs> uh, because, you know, we, we get a little gamey. Uh, but, so we, but when we, when we sin intentionally, what if we put ourselves in, in dangerous places. Now, I do a lot of stupid stuff. I, you, I, I, I tell, usually tell you after I do it because I have a great story about getting hurt, and there's some like moral to this. Don't do like what Jeff did yesterday, right? You know, I'm falling off a ladder as I'm hitting things with mountain bikes. I get lost in the woods hunting. <laughs> oh, it's a glorious life. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, uh, you know, there's certain things I won't do. Like you go to the beach and there's a warning sign that says sharks. Are you gonna go swimming? No. Oh yeah somewhere else right <laughs> because you know you kind of you, you see the warning you kind of see a warning and you go whoa i, I don't want to do that like the 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 benefits to me of getting to swim you know do not uh outweigh the, being eaten by a shark um now some of you have driven down oh man i've been teaching we got a, we got a newer pastor here he moved from the midwest and you know i asked him you know what what are the things you got to do different like you know what are what's kind of different for you he goes people don't drive the speed limit you know, and he's like used to like driving around in a pickup truck. If it says 50, you're going 45 because you don't need to go all that 50. And he moves down here. He's like, man, it's just crazy and everything. So like the other day, he's like, yeah, I'm getting used to it. He's like, I was doing 15 over right through Milford. I'm like, you might not all want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you those are suggestions except in towns because you enjoy small. And if you had a Felton, it's, it's got, <laughs> some of y'all know already, but <laughs> Is the sign still up? I've gotten to the point where I don't even see the warning sign because that's, that's a whole not, that's a sermon there. Because sometimes you see, you see the warning sign, you see it, and then you don't see it anymore. But there used to be the guy who had like the big speed trap ahead sign. I mean, and it was like he got he bought a roadside sign with lights and all kinds of stuff. He got mad he got a ticket because he was kind of going through Felton. And if you ever if you go down 13, it's like 55, and then it's like not 55, and it's even less than 55, and, and suddenly you, you, you're you're supporting the local police department. And he got mad, and he put up a giant sign. But you know what was the funniest thing to me? I'd come through Felton all the time. I'd see the sign. I'd remember to slow down, you know, because sometimes you just get, like, kind of blind on the road. You're just kind of going, you're just moving because you're going somewhere. And, and sure enough, there'd be some guy pulled over. Like, I mean, there's a, literally, there's a dude who has invested thousands of dollars in you not getting a ticket. You're still going to get a ticket. But, you know, there, and that's, you know, <laughs> it's, there, there's this, hey, hey, you know, danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> you know, warning sign and and that's what the author of hebrews is saying he's kind of putting up that warning saying hey you know you need to pay attention to this um he says verse 27 there is only terrible the terrible expectation of god's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies for anyone who refused to obey the law of moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses uh, and so there's judgment now most of you probably thought when you woke up this morning man i really hope Jeff preaches on judgment today, right? Yeah, some of you are lying right now with me. I appreciate that. Because, you know, we don't like to hear about that part of God, right? Like, we like grace and mercy, man. We're all on board that train, you know, get Barney and leading that train. Woo, woo, <laughs> grace and mercy. That's good stuff. But, you know, <laughs> now I've been to some churches that like the judgment part. That's a little weird, too. I had a conversation with someone. I'm like, that's a little weird. But, <laughs> you know, in many churches, we tend to focus on the love of God, but we kind of want to skip 
the judgment. And Denise and I were coming up, uh, I want to say she came up with this term, a la carte Christianity. (laughs) Now I'm going to steal it, it's going to be mine after this, so I'll be like, like I always say. Uh, (laughs) But we're one, so I can take things from her. (laughs) She can't take my tag alongs. Because I want to become two. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. A la carte Christianity. We choose what we want from God sometimes. And, and, we, and that's why we're, when we hit a section like this in Hebrews, it's hard, but we've got, we got to hit everything. It, it's not a la carte. You know, we like salad bar Christianity. You decide what goes on there. You know, I remember the first time I went to CPK. Some of you know what I mean. Cal, you're from California, California Pizza Kitchen. Oh my gosh. I, I thought it was like a pizza place. We just moved to like Los Angeles area. We're like, we, you know, we, you know, everyone's like, oh, you got to go to this California Pizza I go in there. It's like, you know, uh, I was gonna say Muay Thai pizza, but that's like the boxing. It's like you know, uh, you know, it's not a you know, but it was like it would be like Thai chicken pizza. I'd never had anything like that. I'm from Delaware, you know. It was like it, some of y'all don't remember when the food was more bland in this area. Um, I didn't know what a burrito was until I saw one at 7-Eleven. I was like, what is a burrito? Anyway, <laughs> and now I have found out. But. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're putting all kinds of things on there. You can put whatever, we can put everything we want on things, like, right? And, but you can't do that with God. God's not a pick or choose. You know, and, and if, you know, we love choice. I mean, I looked this up this week because I, I was like, how many, there's got to be like 200 cable channels. You know, there's, as of 2017, I wasn't going to spend a lot of time looking up a dumb statistic, which I often do because it's how my mind works. And unfortunately, we have Google. Uh, 2017, there were 1,761 commercial TV stations. Some of you were like, I need to expand my package. I did not know. I'm missing another 600. That I, you know, who knows what's on them? But you know, white paint. You know, some of you are like into designing. And oh my gosh, when I say white, you know, what do you mean by white? Like, right? And then I, I've had to patch some stuff in my house. I've tried to get like white ceiling paint. My white ceiling paint that I got out of a bucket does not match the other white ceiling paint. And then you got to paint the whole thing. You're, when your whites don't match, right? It's, <laughs> I'm not just talking laundry. You know, Benjamin Moore has, a, a, you know, I was just pulling this off of something. I did not, they may have more now. They had 152 shades of off-white. Bear had 167. PPG had 315. I can only see like one, maybe two. <laughs> uh, but, you know, <laughs> you know and, and we love choice. I, I remember I, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, I get to go to East Africa a bit, and I was over there, I came back, and it was like, I remember just sitting in a restaurant, and I couldn't even order off the menu. I'd only been gone like 10 days, but like, there were so many choices. I was like, well, normally I eat for breakfast whatever is there when I get there, and I, you know, it was like, you know, it was like you, you had very limited options, <laughs> and you know, and I was, I'm an American, I'm used to filling the plate. There you put stuff on the plate, and you still have plate, but <laughs> uh, that's a whole other story, but you know, they, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I was used to, I, I was overwhelmed, but, but, but we like, we like our options, but with God, you can't pick and choose, you can't, I, I like this shade of judgment, I like, don't want that shade of judgment, you know, I, I like this, I like that, uh, and, but sometimes we, we have that temptation to do with God, um, we don't get to choose who God is, you know, I've often, I've often heard people pray, oh, I can't, wor- I can't worship a God who blank, I can't worship a God who blank, and, I, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I, I might struggle to understand God because sometimes we don't understand what he does. We don't understand maybe why this or that or, you know, things he does or things he allows. And, but, you know, in the end, he's God. Like, it, it's his, it's his ballgame. You know, he, he, made, he made the rules. And, and so we can't 
pick and choose. We don't get to skip judgment. There is, there is judgment in life. Um, and we can choose now to accept God's grace, but in the end we'll either fall into the loving arms of the Savior or the just judgment of God. Ultimately it'll be judgment. You know, there's a song, I, I sang it for you a while back, Try Jesus, but don't try me because I throw hands. Um, I don't know why I find that song so funny. I think because it's like, you're like, try Jesus. And you say, oh, yes. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, and then it's like, don't, but don't try me because I throw hands. But eventually Jesus is going to throw some hands, right? Because th there is judgment. Now, we, again, we, str we, we struggle with judgment, I think, because, you know, sometimes we don't like it. But we really do. We like, we like judgment sometimes. Because we like judging others, but that's a whole other thing. But you know, like when you when you when you're driving down the road, someone cuts you off. They're driving like a maniac, and you keep driving up, and then you see them pulled over. Tell me you're not a little satisfied. <laughs> You've been there, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Just you know, if it was you, you'd be a little upset. Or court cases. There's a lot of court cases. We have a lot of jacked up things in America. <laughs> when an unjust verdict comes you know, we get upset, right? Like, we're like, man, you know, but we're like, oh, God will work it out. Well, he might, <laughs> because there is judgment. Uh, and I think we inherently understand the need for judgment. You know, we watch a movie, you know, when, when, you, when you see Hans Gruber drop off the Nakatomi Plaza, you're like, yeah, some of you don't know what I mean. You're missing a great Christmas movie. <laughs> but, you know, you... <laughs> Please still come. <laughs> you, I don't know why you don't like that movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you know, it, <laughs> you know the uh, uh, you know we like justice in movies, but but it, it ultimately there is justice and judgment, and and there's a time at which you're going to stand before God, and, and there's going to be you know sheep and goats. You know we may not understand you know why sheep are good, goats are bad, but you know. There's going to be a judgment, and we have to choose to be on the, on the right side of that. Um, and, if we, and here's part of this. Again, if we don't understand judgment, we don't understand grace. Because, okay, everything goes back to driving, right? You know, if you ever get pulled over by the police and asked to make a donation to the local police department because you didn't see a certain sign, or you willfully chose... I remember one time I was driving up in Newcastle County. I was like driving along, cop pulled me over. He's like, do you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> and he's like, because, you know, the speed limit, there's a sign back there, it changed. And I'm like, well, I did not see that. And so he gave me a little piece of paper that said I had to pay him some money. And I avoid that whole section of, of Wilmington now because I'm like, I still don't know where that sign is. And I, but I did have, to, but I did know what the fine is. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I, and then the insurance rates and all kinds of things. That that's justice. I could have fought it, but I broke the rule. Whether I knew it was there or not, I broke the law. And, and so there's not much. I mean, I grumbled a little, you know. But whatever, <laughs> you know, I broke it. Now, you ever get pulled over and not get a ticket when you should? That's grace. You know you broke the law. Some of you are like, no. Well, that's because you probably had some words for them. But, <laughs> you know, when you get pulled over and you're let off, oh my gosh, I, I'm relieved. I'm stopping completely at all stops after that. I'm like, you know, no, no the California rolling stops, you know. Uh, you know, you're, you're like, you know, you're like 10 and 2 and, you know, driving 24 miles an hour because, because <laughs> you're, you know, you're like, whew. And that's, when, when you get let go, for no other reason than, 
just grace. That's grace. You know, and, and ultimately, you know, the gospel in part is, you know, we get pulled over, we get a ticket, but Jesus pays the fine and goes to jail for you. You know, he, he, he takes judgment, and so that's grace. But if you don't understand that there is a judgment you're escaping, you really don't understand what the grace of God is. And, you know, Mark, you know, uh, 10, 1045, I've been reading through the Gospels some as we prepare for Easter. He says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. You know, he gave his life as a ransom. The debt has been canceled. You know, some of you have credit card debt. You know, $40,000 in credit card debt. I, I forget, Americans, we, we have a ton of, some of you got your eyes big. You're like, no, please don't tell me that. But, you know, we, we have well, a lot of Americans, we, we like max out the credit cards. And then we get new ones and max those out. And then get, there used to be a thing where you could like transfer balances and people just transfer between credit cards and never pay anything off. You know, if someone suddenly, you know, if you had 40000 credit credit debt, and someone paid the bill, you'd be happy. That, that debt's been paid off. If you have a mortgage, you owe $350,000, someone just pays it off, you'd be happy, right? <laughs> you know, uh, or medical bills, and someone paid it all, you know. And ultimately, that's in, in Christ, we're free because that ransom price, a, a debt we couldn't pay, has been paid. Uh, going back down to verse 29, it says, just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God, treated the blood of the covenant which has made us holy as if we were common and holy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. He also said, the, uh, the judge will trample, will judge, well, the judge will judge his own people. The Lord will judge us. I cannot read today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trampled. Uh, you know, there's, this, you know, the idea, you know, people who just kind of show utter discontent for, for holy things. Now, I love the state fair, and before COVID, you know, I, I would go like every night. It's not as much fun because when you're, it's like 100 degrees outside, you're wearing a mask. Uh, I feel like I'm being waterboarded as I walk through that place. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I sweat. Big men sweat. <laughs> Can I get an amen? But you know, like when I go through, like I, I love the animal stuff because I didn't, like I, my aunt has a farm and I, I, I work for her sometimes out there, but it's like apples and stuff and pumpkins. There's not a lot, of, there's no livestock. But you, know, you go through like the animal barns. Anyone like the animal barns? Like, and it's like, it's just crazy because like, you're just walking through, there's like giant pigs and stuff. And we brought the little kids and it, man, it stunk like one of their diapers when they were little. But you know, you're looking in there, but you know, you don't like, you bring your kids to look at it. You don't like chuck your kid in the pig pen, right? You might think it looks a little like their room, looks a little like a diaper sometimes, but you know, you don't, why? Because you, you love them. You don't, you don't trample, they get trampled down there, you know? You don't buy a new car. And, and, you know, when you buy a new car or anything, or a new to you, it's like every little nick and thing is like, if you ever, have, like, I remember I had a car, it was like, like my first brand new car. I was like, oh, it's pretty. Can I just, I scuffed the door immediately. Just get that first one done. Now, you, some of you are looking at me like, like, I just did the worst sin imaginable. You were thinking, earlier when we were talking about sins, that's what you were thinking, scuffing a new car. <laughs> no. <laughs> because, why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't most Americans do that to their cars? Because we value it. You, you don't trample. You wouldn't like run across the hood of your car. I remember I pulled up to a youth group first time. I told you this story recently. I pulled up to the youth group. This girl jumped on my hood of my car. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I, didn't, I don't know you, but I'm, I'm praying to you right now. Stop me. <laughs> uh, because I had a nice classic car at the time. Now it's kind of rusting away. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was like, it was like you're like, oh, it's my car. Because it's something of value to you. You don't trample. And, and so some people have trampled the important things. 
You know, they, 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 they trample on, uh, on the God stuff here. Uh, you know, and and you know, how much worse um, to kind of like know it, know about it, either deny it or, or know it and walk away. You know, how much worse? You know, ben Parker said, with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, kind of the corollary to that is with greater knowledge comes greater responsibility. When you know, when we know the right things to do, we know the right way to live, and then we don't, not a good place to be, right? Um, you know, it, it's, <laughs> um, verse 31 says, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were being thrown in jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. You remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. And we've talked about that because we did, you know, we, we jumped into, you know, we, I, you know, we did first and second Peter a while back. We've talked about suffering. We've talked about sometimes, you know, it is tough. John 15, Jesus said, the world hates you. Remember that it hated me first. You know, <laughs> since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. If you listen to me, they would have listened to you. You know, there's times when persecution comes. And again, sometimes in America, what we think is persecution, like, you know, people not liking us, people making bad comments on Facebook, not the level we get in other countries. Uh, it doesn't feel good when you're in it, but, but you know, <laughs> there are times when persecution breaks out, um, and, you know, and it says you're exposed to public ridicule. You know, put on, kind of the image there is kind of being put up on a stage and mocked. Uh, you know, today you, you maybe were skewered or canceled on social media. Maybe you're mocked at work or among friends, and you know, beaten. That's a reality in parts of the world. I remember one time. And I, I, I believe I've told you this story. And you guys have actually met the missionaries since then. I, sometimes we have missionaries can't tell you exactly where they are, or we have to turn off the camera. <laughs> because I, I really, I, I believe in supporting missionaries who are going to places where it, it's not easy to be a Christian. And even sometimes when I go and teach in Africa, I'm teaching people who go to countries I can't go to. Because they can slide over the border. <laughs> they can minister to a group of people who would, you know, instantly kill me, government would kill me if I were even there. Uh, and so, you know, we, I remember this guy called me, and like, I'm like chilling at the ballpark, you know, and it's like, I love, you know, we didn't play, ba we didn't do baseball that long, but you, you know, when your kids are little, it's America, most kids like to play baseball, they go to the baseball park, I don't anyone, anyone ever do that? No? Nobody here? A couple people, okay. <laughs> it's like, and there's just something about Little League, like most, I mean, a couple of these kids are going to sign a million dollar contract in a few years, which is crazy because they're like terrible now, but it's just cute. They have giant helmets that make them wobble over because the helmet's too heavy for their whole body. That You know, the t-ball, they're running the wrong directions, and then like you're running into all the people you have, friends you have that you haven't seen in a long time. You didn't know they had kids now too, and it's just, it's like a, just a fun thing. I, I, I love it. And so I'm like sitting there chilling, hanging out, having a good, and he calls me and he's like, hey, I'm like, hey, what? You know, I'm not, wasn't expecting it. He's like, yeah, we're back in the U.S. I'm like, why? He goes, oh, well, they found me, so they beat me, and they threw us all out of the country and everything. And, you know, and I'm like, what in the, like, this is like a nonchalant conversation. I'm sitting there watching my kid play baseball. Someone's talking about, oh, yeah, we were beaten for Jesus and thrown out. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to be in the area. Do you want to get lunch? I'm like, yes, and I'll pay. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like, but that's the reality is there are tough places to be Christians. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, these people had been through that. Um, you know, it's always taken from you. Now, for those of you who are Lord of the Rings uh, fans, anyone? All right. And you ever see The Hobbit, the prequel movie? Um, you ever read all the books? And I, I've read all the books, and I read them in a translation back into Hebrew. No, I'm kidding. I'm just <laughs> to <laughs> I didn't read the books because, man, they're long looking. Anyway, uh, but I love the movies. And I, there's this, you know, and there's this, <laughs> there's this scene in The Hobbit. He, he returns home. Bilbo, uh, he, like, returns home to this big journey, right? And, and, like, he returns home, and you're kind of picturing, oh, he's home now. And he gets there, and they're all carrying off his stuff. He's like, hey, wait, that's my, we get, I'm sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie. And they're like, well, we thought you were dead. You have to prove you're you and everything. And then it's like his cousin by marriage, Lobelia Sackville Baggins, is sticking his spoons, which kind of gets played off in the later thing. Some of you notice these little things. Oh, anyway, I, I just like, I kind of pictured that. And I'm like, how would you feel? Like some of you move. Anyone here ever move? You know, like you move somewhere, you get somewhere new, you park the truck in front of the house. And then what's the most important thing? One of the most important things, if you're going to have people come help you move? Nope. Pizza this afternoon, morning, donuts. Like, there, there's a required, if I show up at your house to help you move, there will be donuts. If there's not, I leave. I have left. I, I'm like, I, you have insulted me. There's neither coffee nor donuts. I'm out of here. Uh, can I get an amen? And there has to be an obligatory pizza. Like, come on, you just saved thousands of dollars in car insurance, no, on labor, and, and you can't buy me a pizza, you know. It, it's a weird social construct. It's what we do, though. Imagine you go out to get the pizza, the donuts, whatever time of day it is. You come back, and the truck is open, and all the neighbors are carrying off your stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, we would probably not be like, oh, joy, joy, <laughs> right? But, you know, they'd endure that kind of thing where, you know, your, your stuff gets confiscated, all your stuff gets hauled off with joy because they're, they're, they're suffering for Jesus. So, you know, they accept it with joy. They've gone through that. It's, so you've been through the stu tough stuff. It says, so do not throw away this confident trust. The Lord, remember the great reward it brings. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that has been promised. Do not throw away this confident trust of the Lord. And, and really, a big part of Hebrews that we talk about Hebrews chapter 4, sorry, verse 14. Since then we have such a great high priest who has entered heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You know, he understands our weaknesses. You know, we, we have this great high priest who gets us. <laughs> because he's been through there. And I've been reading this quote from um, a commentary that I just I absolutely love it. Not that Jesus shared our experience of sin. The author makes it clear he did not. But he, he did share in our experience of being tempted, a difficult aspect of life that often leads to sin. He was different from us, but he understands us. And because of all this, you know, and they've been through things, there's, you know, warnings and sin. But because of this great thing that we now have a high priest, Jesus, who makes this relationship with God so we can have fellowship with him, we're in this new thing, uh, therefore we need patient endurance. Now, uh, Christian life is more of a marathon than a sprint, Right? Like, you know, if you run from, I will run. I always say I won't run. I, I'll get good, good 10 or 20 yards, I'll run. 
After that, yeah. If you see me running, you better run too, because <laughs> there's like a bear or something coming. And, and it's funny because, uh, you know, <laughs> on the bikes, like I, I like to bike, and it's like you have to kind of lock in a pace, but you have to lock in a pace that you can maintain. Inevitably, if you haven't biked in a while and you go out there and you're like, yeah, I'm moving. And then you're like, oh, there must be a headwind. No, there's not. You just ran out of gas, buddy. <laughs> you know, because you start off strong and then you kind of, and that's sometimes how things are spiritually. We start off strong and then, Egh. but you have to learn to patiently endure. Uh, you know, it's funny because um, you see the same thing in the gym. Like, I, you know, I do CrossFit, and it's like everyone, like, sometimes people, like, out of the gate, like a full sprint. I'm like, nah, I'm going to catch you. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes people just in insane shape and they're young. But, <laughs> you know, you, you have to kind of, you, you have to kind of look at where the finish line is, press hard, but, but don't just burn out. And, you know, it's, it's this patient endurance through life because life is long and life is short. A little, little, little both. Uh, and we have to continually live right, continually heed those warnings, continually live differently for Jesus uh, through, through life. And it says, for just a little while, the coming one uh, will come and not delay. You know, ultimately, we're either going to fall into loving arms or Savior or the just judgment of God. Uh, you know, and you know, <laughs> in a little while. Now, if you remember from Second Peter, uh, a day is like a thousand years of the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. So sometimes his timing, you know, it's soon, but it might be a while. It's been soon for like two thousand years, <laughs> uh, but you got to live ready because it could be any time, right? Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, God delays, you know, because he wants, you know, this, the second part of that second Peter verse said, he does not want anyone to be short, but he, he wants everyone to repent. And God is slow in judgment because ultimately he wants people in the kingdom. There will be judgment and justice. God doesn't take pleasure in that. I don't believe there's some churches that teach that. I, I don't see it. Uh, you know, because, uh, you know, God wants people to repent. And we use the, you know, a couple of analogies, but I remember yesterday, so, like, we go into the wrestling tournament, uh, it was Friday night we started, and, like, you get into the bleachers, and you're so glad you found a seat, right? Because sometimes, like, high school gyms are, like, not made to have, you know, 12 high schools in watching one wrestling match, and that's probably, probably the heat wasn't just turned up, it's just we were all turned up, and it was, man, it was hot and sweaty and nasty, and you're crammed in with, like, 100 people you don't know, it's great, try wrestling, <laughs> you know, but it's like we're sitting on these like hard bleachers and everything, and you're kind of glad you got a seat. But then when pe more people come up, sometimes you're like, oh man, because <laughs> especially if you don't know them, you're like, man, they're gonna squeeze in here too, man. There's no room now. I'm sitting sideways. I'm a big man, you know, so it's like I barely fit on the bleacher to start. I gotta sit sideways. I can't lean back. Someone's like, and you kind of get like, oh, man, more people. But you know, God wants everyone in the bleachers. You know, or it's like if you fly, and I've told you, man, flying is hard for a big man. And I, I fly coach all the way to Africa. Um, <laughs> hey, some of you just went, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I mean, there's times where it's like, and then there's shikamo, and you got to give up your seat. But that, that's, a, <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's a, 
I'll explain it later. But, you know, <laughs> it's like you're, you're stuck on a plane, you're cramped. I remember one time I, I had these, I had the back seat, and it was like, I was kind of near the back of the plane, and it was like, I was going to have the empty seat next to me, and I was so happy. And they were like starting the boarding announcements and everything closed. I was like, I'm finally going to get to have some space because that first flight was horrible. This flight's going to be so nice. And instead, just before the door closed, two people jumped in. And you know what two seats they took. And I, and I spent a long, long flight talking to a man who was trying to teach me Swahili who does not know Swahili because he was teaching me some wrong things he learned 20 years ago that were not correct because I know a little Swahili and that was not right. <laughs> you just need to know, ask where the bathroom is and you're good in most countries <laughs> and for food. But, <laughs> you know, but it, you know, I was like kind of frustrated, but that's how God sees, you know, we, we, we might be frustrated. You might even want God to come back now. You might be looking, but God's like the airline. He wants those last people to get on. Because, because of his love for them. And, um, and we did have some good conversations. But anyway, uh, you know, God wants everyone on. And so there is, and again, we live in this tension because it's soon. Judgment could be tomorrow. It could be today. But it's also maybe not so much now because God's being patient because he wants people in this relationship with him. And ultimately, there's judgment but God wants you in a relationship. He's done his part. He sent Jesus. He wrapped himself in flesh. You know, he came down, lived among us. He gave his life for us so that we can have a relationship with him. He's done his part. But then we have to live differently because of it. And that's the, the, the author of Hebrews giving these warnings that we, we have to live differently because of it. And ultimately, we can live fully differently because of it. He puts his Holy Spirit in us. And we can live this new way, this new way of life. And then we can approach the high priest. You know, we can approach God because we have this great high priest. We, we, you know, it's, it's not just I believe this and therefore I'm good, but you can have this relationship with God. You know, I have people trying to convince, can, you know, win me over to the religion sometimes. And I'm just like, I got the Holy Spirit in me. I'm not going to trade, <laughs> you know, a, a faith without the Holy Spirit. I get the God on high comes, lives in me, changes me, because some of y'all knew me. <laughs> I, I look at old pictures like I hang, I'm hanging out with my old friends at the wrestling matches. I'm having a good time. We yeah, good. You know, I'm a different guy because I got a different God. And I got that, you know, and we have the Holy Spirit in us that, that cleans us up. You know, there's a warning, but he also gives you the means to, to face that warning. If I was just told not to do something, like if it's a sign here that said, you know, do not walk on the grass, we don't care. You can walk on our grass all you want. But as soon as the sign says, do not walk on the grass, what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> but God doesn't just say, don't walk on the grass. You know, he gives us his spirit so we can, so we, we can live differently because of it. And God gives us these warning signs just to keep us, you know, in, in his purposes and on track and, and the way we're supposed to live. And when you understand all he's done for you, when you understand the relationship you can have for when, when you, when you allow that Holy Spirit to come inside of you and, and work in you, you'll live differently just because you want to live differently. And, um, 
as the worship team comes back to play. You know, it, again, if, you, if you're online and you, you want to know, reach out to us. We'll talk to you what it is to have this faith and relationship with Jesus. You can, you know, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, it's just as simple as saying a prayer and going, you know, I accept who you are. I believe that you, I accept your sacrifice for us, and I believe that you came and died for me, and then I commit my life to following you. But there's just three simple steps, but they're, they're serious steps because it begins this new way of life and this new way of living. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, and it changes the way you live. It, it, it changes the things you desire. It, it, it'll change everything about you, but ultimately it's a much better life. Jesus in John 10, 10 said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come to even have life and have it to the full. And it's a full life and a life worth living. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your